to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want you to stand with me. And uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. And I want to preach today about having an attitude of gratitude and about... Um, some men who had an attitude of gratitude and then some who didn't. But uh, Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He's talking about Jesus. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so when he saw them, he said to them, go, Show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, not 10 of them, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Do y'all see that? Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, not a Jew. He was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You can be seated. Thank you. Um, Here's the story. I just want to jump right into it. Jesus is traveling, and he's on his way to the city of Jerusalem, and he comes to an unnamed town or village, and there are 10 lepers on the outskirts of the town who encounter him. Now, in America, we don't have a leprosy problem because through medical science, we've been able to deal with leprosy. And in our first world country, that's an issue that we don't have to deal with. Leprosy is still an issue in some third world countries. In Jesus' day, it was a serious issue. Um, So let me just explain it to you. Leprosy is a chronic communicable disease caused by microorganism, and it's characterized by nodular skin lesions, nerve paralysis, and physical mutilation. I like to use graphics when I preach, and so I went to Google Images and did leprosy, and I started scrolling down, and I'm looking at all these people with leprosy, and it was so graphic, so gruesome, so gross that I thought I am not putting that on the screen because I just think it would be overkill. So you just ought to Google it. It's just amazing what it looks like. I mean, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible disease. Um, In Jesus' day, there was no cure and there was no preventative to keep it from happening. Now, I want to tell you two more things about leprosy. Under the Old Testament law, If you had leprosy, it made you ceremonially unclean. So you could not go to the temple and worship. You couldn't offer sacrifices. Uh, It it really puts you in a bad place as far as uh, the whole community. Lepers were to dwell apart from the rest of society. And anytime someone came near to warn them, they would yell, unclean, unclean. And people would run from them because if you touch them, then you would become ceremonially 
unclean. So nobody would approach them. And so here's what would happen. They're quarantined, they're isolated. And so groups of lepers would form so that they could have some kind of companionship and comfort. And that's what's happened here. These 10 lepers have joined up together. And you've got, uh, there's this animosity that was existing between Jews and Samaritans. They would have nothing to do with each other. But it's interesting that this horrible disease broke down the ethnic barriers and brought them together in a group. Isn't that amazing? And so this Samaritan is parted because nobody will have anything to do with them. Now, can you imagine what that would be like? Never able to go home, never able to hug your spouse, hug your kids, work a job, be part of, of, of society, go to a party or an event, uh, rejected by society, considered an outcast, nobody to talk to, hold on to, to love. It was a pitiful existence. And here's the last thing I want to tell you about leprosy. In the Bible, leprosy is used as a type or a symbol of sin. And let me just show you the comparisons here. Leprosy eats away at your flesh. Well, sin eats away at all that is good in you. Leprosy um, makes you ceremonially unclean before God. Sin makes you literally unclean before God, right? Leprosy keeps you from people's presence that you love. Well, sin keeps you from God's presence. It separates you. Leprosy makes you a uh, social or societal outcast. Sin makes you a spiritual outcast. There, in Jesus' time, at least, there was no remedy for sin, or for, for leprosy, rather. Today, 2,000 years later, it's still true there is no human remedy for sin. Do you see the correlation? So it's a type or a symbol of it. So here are these 10 lepers, and they, they see Jesus, and they're standing afar off. They can't come close to him. They know they're not allowed to do that, but they lift their voices, and it is interesting. They do not yell, unclean, unclean, but when they see that it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, they know him. They instead yell, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. That's pretty interesting. And I think these men obviously had knowledge of Jesus. Maybe they had heard about the leper 12 chapters earlier in Luke chapter 5 who came to Jesus and said, Lord, help me. And he said, what do you want me to do? And he said, if you're willing, make me clean. And I love this. The Lord responded and said, I'm willing. I want to do this. Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was gone and that man's skin was like our skin. He was healed. And so that word got out and these 10 men had heard that story. I'm sure they had heard about the other miraculous things that Jesus had done through his ministry. So they had a faith in him. They believed that he could do something for him. And so though they couldn't get close, they cried out to Jesus. And the beautiful part of this story that you could miss if you're not careful is that he heard them. He heard them and he gave them his attention and he responded to them. <clears throat> now, what I want to say to you today, because their prayer was at mercy on us, is whatever your need, maybe it's a physical need, maybe you're sick, maybe it's a financial need, maybe there's a relational situation that's going on and there's a rift right now between you and somebody that you care about deeply. Maybe there's a problem at work. Maybe there's a spiritual need in your life. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's sin. 
Maybe you've got sin in your life. Here's what I came here to say today. The good news is you can come to Jesus. You can approach Jesus like the lepers approach Jesus. When man cannot help you, (laughs) Jesus can help you. When human resources are prohibited, are limited, God's resources are unprohibited and unlimited. When, when the doctor shakes his head and the lawyer says that's all we can do and the banker tells you no, listen to me, Jesus says yes because he is unlimited in his power. He's unlimited in his ability. I love this. When nobody else will listen to you and you feel ignored, you can talk to Jesus and he will hear you and give you his attention. Hallelujah. That ought to get you pumped up right there. That he hears me when I pray. And you may feel like that he's far from you. I've felt like that before. And you may feel like that you're far from him. Especially if you have sin in your life. You're going to feel distanced from the Lord. But that doesn't matter. Jesus will hear you when you pray. He will. He'll hear you. And if you're a sinner, if you're not right with the Lord, the prayer that you you need to pray that he wants to hear is a prayer of repentance and forgiveness. And and you say, well, can I pray for other things? Well, you can, but if he does anything for you, because I'm not gonna say that God won't necessarily answer your prayer because I know there were people in the Bible that Jesus healed all kinds of people. But here's the thing I know. Jesus doesn't just heal you to heal you. And Jesus doesn't just heal you and say, okay, this is a way to let you know that I don't worry about your sin. He'll never do that. If Jesus does something, heals you, blesses you, answers your prayer, it is so that he can flex his muscles and prove to you that he is God and he is real. And ultimately, he wants you to look to him as your savior. Every miracle, anything God ever does, always is pointing back to say, I need to meet your ultimate need. And that's the sin in your life. And, and so you can cry out to the Lord. And the lepers know what we should know, that our God is a merciful God. Do you guys have favorite verses? Do y'all have favorite verses in the Bible? Y'all do? I do. I have some of mine. I, I'm a preacher, but I have my own. Um, one of mine is, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. That's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. And I just, it's one of those I lean on because, and, uh, I, I, got, I got tickled the other week when Pastor Kevin's preaching. He said, you know, they don't, we don't have the problems here. They're all down in Alabama, but I know better. But, you know, I'm just going to kind of do like he did. You know, I, I know that you all have your act together spiritually. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't sin, and y'all got it right. Y'all don't ever mess up. I do. I'm sorry, but maybe you should pastor, and I should sit out there. But I don't get it right. I say things I shouldn't say, and I think things I shouldn't think sometimes, and I do things I shouldn't do. I know y'all don't do that. I know y'all don't ever give in to temptations, and, you know, and I know some of you are shocked that the preacher actually has that, but, you know, Paul said, I have to beat my body and bring it into submission. Preachers have to fight the same thing you do, but, I mean, y'all already won the victory. I'm still fighting. Pray for me, okay? So maybe this isn't going to help anybody, but that verse means a lot to me. Because like I told you earlier, when I fail and I do, I can beat myself up real good. And, and I can just beat myself down. But then I have to go back to truth. 
And the truth is the Lord is gracious and he is compassionate and he is slow to anger. He doesn't get ticked off. He doesn't have a, 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 you know, a quick snap temper. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in mercy. And I have learned that where sin abounds, now this is never a license to sin. You ought to get the victory over sin. I said you ought to get the victory over sin. Okay, there's never a license to sin. I'll just sin and go ask God to forgive me. That's wrong. You're trampling on the blood of Jesus. You hear me? I'm discipling you right now. That's trampling on the blood of Jesus. You don't do that. You, you get the victory over things. Don't you let the devil win. You win. Don't let your flesh win. You win. But when I do fail, I've learned that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I'm so glad. And God is merciful. And so you ought to know that when you go through difficult times, struggling times, you're, you're at a place where you just feel like there's nothing else I can do. You come to the end of your rope, you've tied a knot and you're hanging on for dear life. I'm here to tell you, God is merciful. And if you will cry out to him, he will hear you. And so these, these lepers cried out to Jesus and here's the wonderful part of the story. He healed them. He did what he did best. He healed them. But he didn't heal them like he did the man in Luke 5. He didn't say, be healed, and boom, they were healed. He said, I want you to do something. Go show yourself to the priests. Now, let me explain this to you. Under the Old Testament law, which they were still under, the priests were the ones who determined whether or not you had leprosy. If you thought you had a skin disease, you went to the priest, and they were the doctors of the day. So they would examine you, and if they thought you had a skin disease, they would say, you've got a skin disease. You are, you are now unclean. You have to leave this place and cannot come here. And you would, so there was leprosy and the skin diseases. And so, and these, these lepers had, like, leprosy. And so you, they would tell you, all right, if they go back to the temple and they still have this skin disease and they walk in there, they're going to get kicked out. They may even get attacked by the temple guards. There's no telling what would happen because they're unclean and they're walking into the holy temple of God. And so this is a risk. But it, is also, it was also the priest's job to examine you if the skin disease healed. And they were the ones to declare you now clean and told society this person has now received them. They can be received back into society as well as into the temple. So Jesus is telling them to do something that normally you would do after you've got your healing. So this is an act of obedience and an act of faith. Y'all see this? Sometimes the Lord says, if you'll do what I've commanded you to do, then I will bless you. Then I will answer your prayer. And so that's what they did with incredible faith and incredible obedience they left there and they started to the, to, the, to the temple. And as they went, every one of them, I don't know how far they got, but they felt something in their body and they looked at each other and where there were these big holes in their face and some of them were missing digits and they had nubs for hands and fingers and their bodies were, were racked and they couldn't feel anything because of the nerve paralysis. Suddenly, bam, everything is healed. Their fingers, everything, they are totally healed. Their skin is as smooth as yours and mine. They can feel. They're grabbing each other. They're, they're laughing. They're hugging each other. They're feeling things they couldn't feel in years. What a moment of celebration is going on at that moment. 
And I think the lepers must have said, what have we got to lose? And sometimes that's how you have to be with the Lord. You just have to say, what have I got to lose? And we live in a time, excuse me, we live in a time of incredible doubt, cynicism, skepticism. People are negative. Y'all know what I'm talking about. People always see the glass half full and they're just, they're always saying it's never gonna happen to me and they're always seeing the bad before the good. That's why God called people like me to stand here on Sunday mornings and declare to you, listen to me, if you will just do what God tells you to do and have a little trust in God, God will hear and answer your prayers and do great and powerful things in your life. I'm gonna make a statement today. Why don't you just have faith in God? God. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Have faith in God. Obedience always results in blessing. Now, obedience can also result in some bad things. You can do the right thing and get in trouble. Did you know that? You can do the right thing and get made fun of. You can do the right thing, get picked on. You can do the right thing, get persecuted. So I'm not going to paint a rosy picture here. You, can, you should do the right thing, but it might cost you. But with, that's with man. But with God, when you do the right thing, it will always result in blessing. So do the right thing and then God will work in your life. Can I give you some, a list of things? If you're sick, come down to the front. Let the elders anoint you and pray for you. And James said, the Lord will heal the sick and raise them up. Say, I want to be healed, pastor. Do what the Bible says to do. If you say we're struggling financially, write the check, get on your phone, punch the buttons, and give God the tithe. And he said, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessing that there is not room enough to receive. See, you got to do the right thing, then God will turn around and bless you. You got an enemy? You want to cold cock them? You ever seen some people look like they need to be slapped? I preached this way for 20 years. There's some people, they just look like they need to be slapped. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Am I the only person in here? I preached that way and I had somebody get mad at me. I thought, you holier than thou. You must not be like I am. Everybody I know knows somebody that looks like they need to be slapped. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't want any letters on that either because you are holier than thou. Give me some time. I'll find somebody you feel that way about. Might be me right now. You got to be real, okay? You want cold cock somebody. You want to get vengeance on somebody. Y'all ought to be glad I'm saved because, boy, if I wasn't saved, ooh, I'd get you back. I wouldn't slash one of your tires. I'd slash two because then you can't use your spare. It's useless. (laughs) Touch him, Jesus. It's a good thing Jesus saved me when I was five, Pastor Terrence. I'd be in jail or under the jail. I don't even know what I was preaching. (laughs) Oh yeah, obedience brings blessing. You got somebody that's giving you a hard time? Here's what you do. Treat them good. Be nice to them. Bless them. If you see them in a restaurant, pay for their meal. See, I don't want to pay for their meal. I want to poison it. No, no. Pay for their meal. Pray for them. The Bible says that in doing so, you will dump hot coals of fire on top of their head. And that sounds more like what I want, Pastor. No, 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 you're not getting it. What it'll do is it'll eat them up. It'll eat them up. 
because they can't figure it out. And let me tell you what God will do. God knows us. He created us. If you fight back, you're never, your witness is gone. Did you hear what I said? If you fight back, your witness is gone. You are useless to God. Are, are, you, are you learning this? Okay. But if you treat them good and bless them and help them, then the witness is wide open right now. And they might even, God may use that to convict them and soften their heart and, and God will totally change them. I've seen it happen. So you say, I got to deal with this enemy. Do what God says to do and have faith in what God says. Trust him and it will work. I'm preaching right now. I mean, come on, pastor, keep preaching. I'm going to help myself right here. Don't steal. Work. When God made Adam, he put him in the garden, said, tend the garden. Work is in our DNA. It is in our DNA to do something, to work. So don't steal. If you want something, work. And then God will bless your efforts in work, and then you can be successful. If you get in trouble or you're in a situation, don't lie because it'll make it worse. Tell the truth. I always told my boys, don't lie to me. If you lie to me, the punishment will be even worse if I find out. But if you tell me the truth, it won't be as bad. I only beat you 20 times instead of 30. I, you know, I, just, I will back down off of it. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. But I told, I, because if I find out they lied to me. And so you don't lie. You tell the truth. He said, Pastor, I may suffer the consequences. It will pay off for you in the end. Be faithful to your spouse. Do to others as you would have others do to you. When you fail, repent from your sins and ask for forgiveness. Don't let the sin get a stronghold in your life. Keep short accounts with God. If you do what God says and obey God in his word, he will answer your prayers and he will meet your needs. So God, Jesus heals these 10 lepers I don't know how far they've gone, but one of them comes back, the Samaritan. All 10 were healed. All 10 knew Jesus had healed them, but only one returns and with a loud voice worships God and basically says, thank you, Jesus. I don't know where the other nine went. Maybe they went home and they went to socialize, to conduct business, but they messed up because they responded to God's mercy with ingratitude. He deserved a simple Thank you. A simple thank you. That's what he deserved. And they did not give him what he simply deserved. Now, pull your shoes up, toes up into your nice church shoes. How often are we guilty of this? I hope not. But what happens when we pray and God blesses and God answers and then we go on our way happy but we get back into our busy lives and we don't give God so much as a thank you, Lord. Ingratitude is a sin. It's, it's not just a bad vice. It's like smoking. It's a sin. And I just want to say today, this is a pet peeve of mine because with all the faults that I have, some of the characteristics that I think I do have their positives. One is I'm a grateful person. When I pray... I spend a vast majority of my prayer time thanking Jesus for what he's done for me and what he's given me. I never, ever, ever want God to think that I'm ungrateful because I know that everything I have comes from him. And so gratitude is important 
as a trait of a child of God. Jesus was looking for them. This is, you can miss the little things in this story. He said, were there not 10? Now there's one. Where are the other nine? Did you, did you hear him ask that? He's looking for them. So what does that mean? That means God expected, Jesus expected some gratitude. It's not because God has this ego. That's not it. How many of you, how many of you know we're made in his image? We're made in the image of God. All right, so look, I think we get this. How many of you, when you do something for somebody, you would like a thank you? Right? Got your hand up? You, you want to think. Now, I don't want somebody to make me feel like I owe, owe them now. Now, that's carnal and corrupt, and I'm, I'm not going to deal with that. I had a man do us, me and Leah, like that one time, and I called him out. He was a church leader. I called him out. It wasn't here. It was another church. I called him out on it. I said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Boy, he, he got humble real quick. He tried to pull that card. I said, I thought you did what you did for me out of your love for me, not because you wanted to control me. I called him out. I have that problem. I just call stuff like it is. It's a problem. Y'all pray for me. But I don't do that to people. When I do something for somebody, I do it because I love you, because I want to bless you, and, I don't, and once I'm done, I'm done, and I just want you. But I love to hear thank you. And it bothers me when I don't get a thing. Does it bother y'all? It does. Quit lying. It does. It bothers y'all, doesn't it? It, it bothers you. Ungrateful little thing. I don't, I've tried. All I wanted was a thank you. It is incredible how far a thank you will go. Jesus was looking for that. God wanted to hear thank you, but it's more than that. Their expression of gratitude in public would serve as a testimony of God's grace and his love and his power. God, they had a chance to bring glory to God, recognition to God. When you say, thank you, Lord, I just want to say, thank you, Jesus. And there are people around you. It starts with your kids, your spouse, family members, church members, coworkers. Something good happens. You say, whoa, thank you, Jesus. You're giving glory to God. And that's part of our testimony. So if God's been good to you, you need to give glory to God. You need to test about it, testify about it. You need, and even publicly, you need to do it. And then when you come to church, you need to express Lord. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You know how to come in here. People say, Pastor, I have a hard time. I have a hard time worshiping with y'all. I have a hard time. It's my personality. All that doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's not about your personality. It's about you. Are you grateful? Are you grateful for what God's done for you? Are you grateful? I'm asking you, are you grateful? Well, then if you're grateful, tell him when you get in here. You don't have to get loud like some of us, but you just need to say, thank you, Lord. Throw your hand up and say, thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done this week. Watch it. You're becoming a worshiper. (laughs) What sticks out to me in this story is that the nine missed the opportunity of a lifetime. All of their lives, they had to stay away from people. But the instant they were healed and cleansed, they were free to interact with anyone and everyone. And there is Jesus standing right there. And they could have, they were kept from him by the leprosy. It's gone. They could have run up to him, hugged him, grabbed his feet, grabbed his hands, told him thank you, got in his presence, had this relationship, and they missed it. When you don't say thank you to God, you miss the opportunity for a moment of deep, intimate communion and fellowship with Jesus. 
Psychologists tell us that when you say thank you to somebody, it will deepen your relationship with them. If it's true in the natural with humans, how much more is it in our relationship with him? Only one person experience the thrill and the joy of being up close and personal with God. Let me just say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurry here because we're going to close up here and, and we're going to have communion in just a second. We're going to be grateful for what Jesus did on the cross. But isn't it amazing? <clears throat> some people have trouble <clears throat> saying thank you. Sometimes those are the very same people that have a hard time saying I'm sorry. You ever know anybody like that? Okay, here's the reason I think why. I'm going to be a psychologist for a minute. This is my personal experience. I think it's because it's perceived as weakness. It's perceived as a weakness, and they don't want to be perceived as weak, and so they have to keep up this image of being something that they're not. And the very thing that you're trying to convey by not saying I'm sorry or saying thank you makes you weak to everybody else. You're trying to look tough, and in your mind, I'm tough. But everybody else around you is looking at you and saying, you're such a weak person, you can't even say I'm sorry. Because it takes, I always learned, it takes a big man or woman to say, so you must not be a big man or woman. You must be a little, little teeny tiny little person. That's what my parents taught me. Am I right? Let me tell you something. It's your flesh, it's self-centeredness, it's carnality. I'm calling it out today. Is that okay? Is that all right? Is this Okay. And if you don't like it, come back next week. I have another sermon. <laughs> but I'm calling it out today. It's what it is. It's sinfulness. It's pride. And we need to sacrifice that on the altar of God and say, God, I'm a nobody. You are everything and I'm nothing. And I'm sorry for my sins. And I need to say, if I do something wrong to somebody, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That's what makes you a big person. And that will, just as I'm sorry, will strengthen relationships saying thank you for what you've done to me, God. Thank you. It will strengthen relationships. The leper spent a short time with him, worshiped him, gave him, gave him thanks, had the intimacy with God. Psychologists tell us that when you say I'm sorry to someone, it deepens the relationship with that person. If, you're, if your level was here, then the level just goes deeper with that person when we say thank you. Or I'm sorry, but let's just say thank you. When you say thank you to someone. So husbands and wives, you want a closer marriage? Thank each other for what you've done. Thank you. Kids, if you want a greater relationship with your parents and vice versa, say thank you to each other. You know, please and thank you, they are the magic words. Right? Are they still the magic words? Did I miss something? Okay. I think that's what Barney said anyway. The Bible according to Barney. So here's the thing. Let's be grateful people. And he said, go your way. Your, your, your faith has made you well. And here's the thing. Jesus knew that now that he was healed, that guy wanted to get back to living. Look, God knows you have a life. We're too busy, aren't we? Would y'all agree with me? We're too busy. It's just way busier than what we should be. We go too much. God knows it, but you cannot be too busy to stop every day and just spend some time with him and just say, thank you, Lord, for another day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Thank you. Just spend some time praising him. 
And if we'll be those kind of people, God can do great things in our life. Right now, the servers are going to come, and we're going to, musicians are going to come, they're going to sing. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper. If there's anything that we should be grateful for, it is the death of Jesus Christ, ultimately his resurrection, where he gave his life to redeem us from sin and to save us. And so I just thought today at the end of this message, the greatest thing we could do, go ahead and start serving if you would, uh, is, is just take the elements Think about what Jesus did. We're going to take the elements and then we're just going to take some time and with our hearts say thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. So receive the elements, hold them. We're going to sing, worship the Lord, and we'll come back and take it together. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.